Hi, this is Harry Margolis, host of Risking Old Age in America. In fewer than 10 years, the oldest of the 71 million baby boomers in the United States today will begin crossing the age 85 threshold, the age at which elders are more likely to need assistance. Our fractured elder care system is not ready, and system may be a generous word in this regard. In this podcast series, we will explore what this will mean and how we can prepare individually, as families, and collectively as a nation. I'm delighted to be joined today by Larry Kotlikoff, who wears many hats. He's an economics professor at Boston University, president of a financial planning software company, served on the President's Council of Economic Advisors, and helps tens of thousands of retirees with his website, MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com. He'll correct me if it was really hundreds of thousands. Larry's also a prolific author, having written dozens of books and hundreds of blog posts, columns, and research papers. His most recent book and the topic of today's discussion is Social Security Horror Stories, Protect Yourself from the System and Avoid Clawbacks. But before we get into that, Larry, I want to talk to you about a study that you you did that found that the median retiree leaves $180,000 of Social Security benefits on the table. And I guess I'd first want to ask how, how you got to that figure and and why it happens. Well, it's really $182,000 in spending power. So it is money on the table. It's not just Social Security benefits. It's taking into account the fact that, for example, that Social Security benefits would be are taxable and can trigger other taxes. So it's really kind of a net number. So we have in my software company, which is now 31 years old, a tool called, we have two programs. One is Maximize My Social Security. That's only 39 bucks for people. They can purchase it uh, online at MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com. The other one's called Maxify with an I, M-A-X-I-F-I.com planner, Maxify planner, which does a lifetime planning and it figures out your lifetime discretionary spending and other and figures that your other spending. So anyway, together with the Federal Reserve Bank of, of Atlanta, we put together a study that uses this Maxify computation engine tool. And we took data from the Survey of Consumer Finances, which from like 2019, that was a survey of about 6,000 households. They, <coughs> they oversample rich households. So basically, we took the data, 6,000 households, we use their sample weights, we run it through our the research version of this Maxify planner tool, and out comes what people will be getting in present value if they take their benefits as they are doing, which is basically as soon as they retire. Mm-hmm. We predict when they retire because you can't trust their their statements about when they're going to retire. So we have to do a statistical analysis with other data to figure out when people and to impute when people are going to retire. And then we compare that with what the program, what this $39 program, and also it's also the same code is embedded in the Maxify tool, what it's saying you should do to optimize your lifetime benefits. Mm-hmm. Then it takes into account all the taxes you're going to be hit with if you have higher social security benefits. So it gets us net a number and it comes out that because people are collecting the wrong benefits at the wrong time and taking benefits in general far too early, they're leaving, the typical household is leaving, the median value is $182,000. So it's massive. This is 
more than like four times the, t- the typical wage that people earn after taxes in a given year. So right. people are making huge mistakes because I think they have this psychology that if you don't take your benefit to right away, as soon as you can, then you're going to die the next day mm-hmm. and you're going to regret not having taken it. But of course you're going to be dead and in heaven, you won't need the money, right? Right. So you'll have all the money in the world because it gives you everything. So there's some crazy, and Social Security has, over the years, their staff has been trained, was trained historically, basically to scream at anybody that didn't take their benefit as soon as possible. Right. I have a co-author, Scott Burns, on a couple other books. He went in and said, at 65, I want to just take my Medicare. The lady actually was screaming at the top of her lungs down in Dallas to that he had to take his social security too. He said, no, I don't have to take it. He said, you have to, because it doesn't make any sense not to. Wow. She's, and of course your benefit at 70, if you start taking a retirement benefit at 70 and not everybody should take the benefit at 70, that's why we have the software to figure it out. But for most, a good chunk of people, you should be taking your benefit at 70 and it's going to be 76% higher adjusted for inflation then it's 62. So if you ask, where is this huge number coming from? It's mostly from people taking benefits way too early. It turns out that three quarters of the of each cohort that's retiring, of each birth group that's retiring, are taking their benefits before they reach full retirement age. And 30% are taking their benefits at age 62, their retirement benefit. And then full retirement age is 67 now. Yeah. And then you have people taking spouse benefits too early or divorce spouse benefits or widow's benefits. Uh, you know, some, some people should take the widow benefit right at 60 or even at 50. If you're, if their spouse was disabled, they can get it at 50. So that might be optimal. And then wait till 70, take your retirement benefit or vice versa. It's very complicated. You have to use software that's really careful to figure it out. But anyway, we, we, we got a retirement crisis and we also have people like shooting themselves in the head when it comes to taking Social Security. Right. In the introduction to that paper that I was referencing, you talk about the fact that, I forget what the numbers were exactly, but most retirees don't have enough money for the retirement. Yeah. The typical household that's coming into retirement is coming in with assets that are roughly about two years of median spending. So they really don't have enough. If you're retiring at, let's say, 64 well, you could make it to 100, and that's 36 years later. That's and a lot. Money to cover. You need a lot of savings for that. Yeah, you're gonna. This is why so many people are just living off of Social Security, and then that brings us to this book about clawbacks, about Social Security horror stories. Right. Title. Maybe you want to just show everybody the the picture of the book. It's pretty scary. The cover of the book. It's got a claw right coming out of the middle of the book, and what happens is that right right through your Social Security check. Yeah, right through your check. What happens is that Social Security is making mistakes in paying people their benefits. So you think, you go talk to Social Security, you tell them everything you know that they're asking, you give them the correct information. They may not process it correctly. In any case, they're making 2 million mistakes every year, and 2 million people are being told some many times, decades later, that hey, guess what? We overpaid you for the last couple decades and now you owe us 35000 or maybe it's 82000 or maybe it's 
$304,000. I've seen clawbacks to that, that level. Wow. $4,000. And if you don't pay us back within four weeks, we will reduce your check. And generally that means we will just stop your check. And you have the right to appeal, but they won't tell you why this is going on, what the mistake was. Mm-hmm. Tell you any information. It's just a, a letter that we should, we re, we uh, reproduce one of these letters in the book right at the beginning. No information. Then you go through this appeal process. It's like a Kafka novel. Meanwhile, they keep paying you. Once you start the appeal, they keep paying you, and now it might be overpaying you. So your your the amount that they claim that you owe is bigger and bigger. And then it goes to an administrative law judge eventually after you first they're going to auto, pretty much automatically deny the appeal to have this waived. And then then you're going to appeal that decision. They'll deny that. Then two years later, you get to see an administrative law judge who is being paid by Social Security and being told basically to deny everything that comes along. And then I'll just give you this example, this lady that was clawed back for $304,000. She's disabled she got hurt in a in a accident in her uh, something fell on her she becomes disabled she tries out of the blue to write a child's book it becomes a bestseller she keeps calling so <laughs> for years hey i'm getting these royalties can i still get my disability check uh, and they say fine it's royalties no problem mm-hmm. it's income so like 10 15 years later she gets a bill for three hundred four thousand dollars in the mail that's the call in the mailbox it's clawed back for $304,000, takes a long time to find out, finally goes to administrative law judge. And I read the judge's judgment. He said, well, it's our mistake. So that's one of the two criteria for my waiving this. The other is that you're poor. Now, I know you're disabled, you're not working, but I look at your credit, your cable plan, and I see you have a lot of cha- channels. He wrote this <laughs> in white. I read it. On a Bible, I will swear that I, and unfortunately, I didn't keep a copy of it. And uh, he says, I'm denying you because nobody can have that many cable channels if they're poor. (laughs) Wow. This is American justice. And, uh, you know. And and of course, it's expensive to hire a lawyer to represent you. Nobody will take you because the the chance of success is very small. And most of the clawback claims are not $304,000. It's more in the $50,000, $80,000. But we have so many people living off Social Security. So now you have some estimates are 40%. We've seen her, her my co-author and I, Terry Savage, she's a Chicago personal finance journalist. She works for the Chicago Tribune and has a TV show on the local CBS station. And we were both on CBS on, on 60 Minutes, which is a CBS show because Terry Savage had connections. They took a look at this. And on November 5th, Anderson Cooper's Got in segment two of, of 60 Minutes, anybody can go Google it. They will find the Anderson Cooper presenting this, this situation and interviewing the two of us November 5th. And we, we set up a website called SouthSecurityHorrorStories.com that people can enter their own stories because there's 2 mm-hmm. million stories out there every year. So that's how many clawbacks there are every year, 2 million. 2 million, yeah. Now they lie. Social Security, you think it's this trustworthy. I'm not to the right of center to the left of center. I want everybody to know I'm not some right-wing crazy who wants to bring down everything in the government. We have a lot of people like but, that. But don't all the right-wing crazies say that? They say that, but I'm actually not one of them. Okay, okay I, I believe you. <laughs> I mean it for sure. And I'm also not a left-wing crazy. 
who thinks everything that the government does is perfect. We have people that think would basically fall on a sword to maintain Social Security in exactly the same form as it was constructed 88 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've run into those people. But the reality is that this is a dysfunctional, heartless system that has been deprived of adequate funding by Congress for years. And so from on top of the administration of Social Security, uh, they've been telling people, do not waive anything. We need every penny. Mm -hmm. And our mistake is their mistake, is the customer's mistake. It's not the customer is always right. It's the customer is always wrong. And the customer should have known how to read 20,000 pages of the program operating manual system, which is their rules about all these benefits. They just have 12 benefits, but 20,000 pages of rules about those. Mm -hmm. Most complicated system in the world that anybody's ever created. And I know from 31 years of programming it into our software with my engineers and my company, how complicated it is. Their view is that if we made a mistake, it was really your fault because you should have figured out what the right benefit was. And how have they responded to your book or the 60 Minutes episode? Well, we have now Congress brought in the acting commissioner who then proceeded to give false information about how many people are being clawed back. She was put on the hot seat and she's no longer the acting commissioner. They just appointed a permanent non-acting regular commissioner, Martin O'Malley, former governor of Maryland. Let's hope that he's a sensible person because this person... He, seem, he seems to be. Yeah, let's hope. Uh, I mean... A lot of the things that they're doing could be fixed in 10 minutes, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're sending out statements to 77 million people about the COLA. They, they, everybody in, in December got a letter, you probably did too, Harry, from Social Security. It says, hey, the increase in your benefits starting January 1st will be so many percent, like 3%, because of inflation. That's nice. But then the next, the very next paragraph is a long paragraph describing the, earned, the earnings test. And it's mm -hmm. warning you in stark terms that if you're below full retirement age and you're collecting benefits and you earn more than like 22K, we're going to tax you to 50 cents on the dollar. Right. So we have three quarters of every retire, every cohort's population, basically every age group that comes through the system. And, and most of them are taking benefits before 66. They're being told, if you go back to work, you're going to be hit with this confiscatory tax. You're going to have right. to pay lose basically a good chunk or maybe all of your benefits. You're going to lose income taxes, state income taxes. You're going to face state sales taxes, which affect your incentive to work. Because if I work and I have to pay all these taxes when I buy something, that's an effective tax on labor. So people are being scared to death not to go back to work. Mm -hmm. The reality is that there's something called the adjustment of the reduction factor, another provision that that basically undoes this tax this 50% on the margin, 50 cents on the dollar tax, this higher marginal bracket that you're put into, and it undoes it, and uh, they don't tell you anything about it. Right. And it undoes it in the form of raising your benefit at full return. The benefit that you lost due to the earnings test, that benefit is increased, kicked up by about a dollar twenty for every dollar that you lost. Mm. So it's actually a good thing to lose money because the increase is much bigger than, than, um, uh, actually speaking, it's a, it's a great deal. I actually so, wasn't aware of that. That's yeah, you really want you want to be hit by the earnings test, except if you're going to flip on to a higher benefit, and then that increase. If you're going to flip on to let's say a widow's benefit at full retirement age from and retirement benefit has been increased. That, that's already been set. Has been increased from here to here, 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's still going to get the higher of the two. Right. But then the earnings test is an, is an actual tax and you right. don't want to be going back to work. Our software figures all this out. The only wow. way you can, and actually going back to people getting clawbacks, you want to know what you're going to be getting, whether what you're getting is correct. So before you collect, if you run the software, you can figure it out for 39 bucks. That's the, the cheaper program. And if you're already collecting, you can go run the software and see whether you're getting the right amount. A lot of people are getting underpaid. Mm-hmm. Here's an example. I have a 94-year-old friend. She was married three times. Mm-hmm. Her first husband, she got divorced after 20 years. He was a very high earner. She never knew that she could file divorce widow benefits mm-hmm. on, on his behalf. So and she went husband. with her her, her less, less affluent husband. She actually knew nothing about widow's benefits of any of, a, uh. of any kind of divorce, widow's benefit or, or widow's benefits. So all she's been getting are social security checks. So she's left about a million bucks on the table. Wow. She files like this this month. I'm helping her file. She will get six months retroactive. This is one of the scams. I mean, half of this book is about the scams the system is running. So, that, so that's a question. I know you, you call in your book. You call these scams, and how much is scams and how much is traps for the unwary? Well, I would say if Social Security knows that somebody has been married, a lot of the reasons Social Security is making mistakes is they don't have the information they need. But then they should tell you. We don't know if you are eligible for a widow's benefit. In this letter that they're sending out, hey, we could say, look, make sure you're getting all the benefits to which you're eligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and make sure you don't take your widow's benefit and your retirement benefit at the same time. That's another one of the scams. I mean, that's one of the biggest scams, which is, they take a, a widow who's, let's say, 62, who's eligible to collect both a retirement benefit and a widow's benefit, and they're only going to give you the bigger of the two. So the best strategy is to take the, uh, the, you know, like if you're, if you're, if these benefits are pretty close, you want to want to take the widow's benefit first, let the retirement benefit grow 76% till age 70, and start taking it then. That's what our software, it's called Maximize Your Social Security because it robo-optimizes your Social Security, mm-hmm. robo-maximizes it. It'll tell, it'll say, okay, what do you want to do? And now we're going to tell you what you should do to get the highest lifetime benefits. That's what the tool does. And the other tool, Maxify.com does it as well. So people are being told to take, to check off both boxes or somebody at Social Security will do this for them without their knowledge. So they'll sit, they'll be saying, I could go in there and I could say at 62, I just want to get my widow's benefit. You could be the claims rep. There's 10,000 of them. And maybe it's you're a nasty person. You just don't know what's going on. You, you Maybe you just confuse yourself. Mm-hmm. Complicated. So you check off both boxes or you ask me whether I'd like to apply for every benefit that I'm eligible for. Uh-huh. And of course, I'm going to say yes. And you check off both boxes. Now at age 70, I go and I go to a Go back to Social Security. I say, look, I've been collecting this widow's benefit, but now I can get basically a 76% higher number because these two are very close, or even if they're further apart, I want to get my higher retirement benefit and because that's going to be bigger than the widow's benefit at age 70. And the, the person at Social Security will say, well, no, you've been be- being paid your uh, your retirement benefit the entire time. Hmm. And it was just lower than this other benefit. That's why but you've been getting it and you applied for it. So get lost. Oh, just check the That's, wrong box. And now why is that? It's, it's one thing for me to call it a scam. It's another thing for the inspector general of social security to call this a scam. Mm-hmm. So in 2018, 
since I was writing about this on Forbes, and there's a whistleblower, John Adams in Philadelphia, who worked internally at Social Security, he alerted me to this scam. So he internally pushed them to investigate, and I was externally doing that. And they did investigate. And they, they came out with a report that said 13,000, and it's now it's more like 15, sorry, yeah, it's probably more like 15,000 widows and widowers have been defrauded out of, they didn't use that term, mm-hmm. uh, had lost hundred over 130, it's probably now $140 million because of this practice. And you, okay. Social Security, are, we're your inspector general, we're telling you to go find those cases and reimburse these people or their survivors because they may have died. And what has Social Security done in response to that? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. So this is a system that's beyond dysfunctional. When you have, when you have me writing uh, emails, uh, sorry, op-eds, columns in Forbes, calling out the acting commissioner, calling out the commissioner before them, saying, fix this, and it doesn't get fixed. And then you know that if you put on a, a, a headline, a title of your, I wrote a column once called, entitled, Social Security Sue's Six-Year-Old Orphan. The next day it got fixed. Mm-hmm. The three people that Anderson Cooper had on the 60 Minutes show, they were three outrageous clawback stories, including clawing back a 32-year-old kid with muscular dystrophy, no, cerebral palsy, and he was being clawed back for benefits that he got, that they overpaid him when he was age 11. Uh-huh. He knew nothing about it. In the mailbox comes this $5,000 bill. Anyway, at the end of the 60 Minutes episode, Anderson Cooper announces that Social Security has waived, just within the last few days, waived these three people's claim, clawback uh but, but it's one thing to 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 wave these stories when they hear them, and it's another to fix the system, which I, I assume you, you mentioned the underfunding. Yeah. I don't know how much is that insufficient training of claim, claims agents or an archaic computer system or, or both. You get this clawback letter. The first thing you do, you're basically threatened with, in many cases, starvation or living on the street or losing your house because your check is going to be stopped. And then you call and you spend two hours on the phone and it answers and then they hang up. Right. I have talked to a lady. This happened 15 times. She finally got through. They said, we'll call you back. We're gonna, I, we know nothing about this. We're going to have the right people call you in three weeks at this time. They never did, right? They never called back. This is it, Isn't the there, when you get these letters, isn't can't you stretch out the repayment? Isn't there an installment plan for repayment? You can sometimes negotiate an arrangement, and it just depends on your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And on, we've got 10,000 people, and some are nastier than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so somebody could say, no, you have to pay this much a month. Right? You have to pay, give up your entire check for mm-hmm. the next 30 years, and then we'll start paying you again. <sighs> we've seen statements, Terry and I, and People posted on this SocialSecurityHorrorStories.com website their horror stories, and we're trying to collect all these stories that, you know, say, well, you're going to start, your benefits are now going to be stopped, and they're going to restart in 28 years. This is So, so we have two huge, huge problems. People are making the, the, the wrong decisions. I, I think essentially they're either being misled or it's just complicated and they don't know. And... 
And Social Security is is basically defrauding, is engaged in fiscal financial abuse mm-hmm. of the American public. It's financially abusing the American public. And again, this is coming from somebody with no animus against Social Security. I would mm-hmm. like to see Social Security run correctly, and I would like it to be reformed so it doesn't run out of money like it's scheduled to do in a very major way. We can't be, for example, telling young people, well, we're going to fix the entire problem by raising your retirement age by three years. That does nothing to deal with the $65.9 trillion unfunded liability that's reported in Table 6F1, Roman 6F1, in the trustees report, March 31st, 2023. Go read it. Go to that table. You'll see $65.9 trillion. It's all in cryptic language. It's posted way in the back of the appendix. The trustees don't even mention it in their overview. Everybody in Congress and the politicians are looking at the 75-year fiscal gap in the system, the unfunded liability, the red ink. But it's really, you don't want to, they're truncating that calculation to assume that the world ends in 75 years. Mm-hmm. That means that your grandchildren are not going to, are going to be assumed to be not around after 75 years. So the whole thing, so that 75 year number that Nikki Haley, for example, or Joe Biden, if he were to ever kind of focus on this system, he wants to keep it off the table. At least Nikki Haley is saying we have to do something. But mm-hmm. what he's proposing is is like nothing. So, you, so what you're saying is, I mean, what I read is that in 10 years that the trust fund will be empty and that retirees, retirees will get 78% of what they're supposed to get. But you're that's, saying that that's going to get worse. So my guess is that they're going to do something. What they've done historically is to kick the can down the road. They've like operated on a patient who has cancer and they've taken out a third of the of the tumor and then said, come back in 10 years. And then comes back in 10 years, they take out, and then the tumor's bigger, they take out another third. Mm-hmm. And they come back again in 10 years. At that point, the, the patient doesn't come back because the patient is dead. Yeah. But that's, if you look to short term, which is what the Greenspan Commission, Alan Greenspan is in large part responsible for this. He's passed away, so he has no opportunity to respond. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to be overly harsh here. I wish he were around so he could he could respond <laughs> to me. But the Greenspan Commission was full of politicians who did not want to do, do who wanted to get reelected. They were not mm-hmm. to the next election, not the next generation. Right. And consequently, they knew back then that they were looking to short term. So we're now basically fifty year we're beyond fifty years into their seventy five year window. Yeah. And they knew back then that we were going to have the, this kind of problem. And the problem right now is about twice as big when you think about the tax hike that's required. Back then, we needed a permanent uh, tax hike. The, 12, the tax for FICA for Social Security is 12.4%. We needed it to go up to about 14 percentage points back then. Mm-hmm. We needed it to go up to 17 percentage points. So in terms of the required tax hike to be able to pay benefits forever without running out of money, that used to be two or two and a half. Now we're we're talking about a basically what's a, a four and a half percentage point difference. So we're talking about the problem being twice as bad, the two yeah. being twice as big. It's gonna it's gonna keep keep snowballing. Yeah. So if you were the last three questions I ask all my guests, 
The first is if you were going to give policymakers, perhaps the the new commissioner of Social Security, one piece, one recommendation, what would what would that be? Well, I would recommend you have me in for uh, for free. I'll pay my own transportation for a week or a month, whatever it takes, to tell him the the fifty things he needs to do to, to fix. First of all, the communications are re- crazy. I mean, everything on the website is screwed up. It's so part of the problem is it's, it's so complicated. Yeah, that just anything in short amount of space on a website is to mislead somebody. Okay, because yeah. somebody ifs and catch 22. So fixing their communication, ending saying, having a statute of limitations on the callbacks, mm-hmm. figured out our mistake in 18 months. It's on us. We're not going to call any, any benefits. That's a good, really good idea. On 18 months. And, uh, and then having somebody answer the telephone, pretend you're actually serving the public. Yeah. And you should, you should not have 10,000 people deciding people's, whether or not people are going to be homeless on the street. You should mm-hmm. one set of people should be the Office of Humanitarianism, Social Security Office of Humanitarianism. I would set that up of human whatever title you want to use, but the word humanity should be included and have people assigned to treat people like human beings. Mm-hmm. Not like, you know, these are not these are people that are not worthy of reasonable treatment. That right. We, Absolutely that we can abuse and then go home and laugh about it because that seems to be the MO of this agency as, and, you know, I was astonished. I've been writing about this for a decade, over a decade. And I was astonished when we started appealing to people to send us their horror stories, what came in mm-hmm. and to learn that it's actually 2 million people. And then 60 minutes took it seriously. Now Congress is really, sitting on top, and so is the Department of Treasury, because the Treasury Secretary is the tre- chief trustee. Right. They're intensely focused on this problem. So well, I, th- good. I think we can t- tell everybody that this thing will get fixed one way or another, and it will be improved at least. I don't know if it'll be perfectly fixed, but at least it's on Social Security's uh, antenna, because you don't get onto 60 minutes, gets attention. So in the meantime, what advice would you give to individuals who are I would say anybody about- who's collecting benefits, and I, I'm pushing here my software because I know the effort that we went into it for 31 years to make it right. And we never asked for venture capital we, we never because we knew that the whole, the quality of the thing would be denigrated immediately. I've never taken a pay, a penny in payment for my mm-hmm. company. I've been the effective altruist that Sam Blankman, Bankman Freud was not, okay? No, definitely not. I'm the only employer that I know who doesn't get paid, okay? Because BU, Boston University pays me enough, okay? I mean, yeah, I could do better, but... So I would say run the software, run MaximizeMySocialSecurity.com. If you can afford it, run Maxify Planner, which has got the same Social Security code. Let the program figure out whether you're getting the right benefit and so you check your benefit if you're already collecting because you do not want to be clawed back right. in the future. And there's a whole variety of reasons why people are getting clawed back. Former school teachers or policemen or firemen who worked in non-covered employment. And That's Social a big Security one. Properly factor in their pension and they don't, Social Security has no independent way of knowing what their pension is. So the WEP and the GPO are 
provisions that aren't being correctly calculated, our software will get that right. So make sure you're not like my 94-year-old friend who's missing some benefits. Make, so make sure you're not being underpaid or overpaid and make sure, and here's my last parting word, which is the only way or message, the only way to get the right answer about anything about Social Security from Social Security is never ask them a single thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm saying that with, I'm not making a joke here, mm-hmm. saying that with absolute seriousness, seriousness, because I've seen them give the wrong information, misinformation, incomplete information, at least half the time in every case. And I've had people screaming at me at Social Security when I say, no, you're telling them the wrong thing. No, I'm not. Who the hell are you? Mm-hmm. And I say, well, just give me your information about your name. I want to make sure I spell it right for my com. I'm going to publish it right after we get off the phone. And then 10 minutes later, they call up, call me back and say, I just talked to my supervisor. I apologize. You were right. Please don't write anything. And I don't write anything. But that's what's going on. So don't ask Social Security. Just run this program, 39 bucks, and don't leave 182000 But The program will not will tell you how to maximize your benefits. So you don't leave $82,000 on the table for nothing. Right. And then my final question is, who else should we talk to? About this? Well, about this or, yeah. Or or anything helping people. This reminds me, me, there are other programs out there that do get some aspects of these calculations right, but they're for-profit program. I mean, I don't view my company as a for-profit because I'm not trying to make profit. I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to pay people and keep the prices low. So I don't trust the other programs, to tell you the truth. So I, I'm going to answer your question just like when they asked John Kennedy after about six months whether how he liked the job being president and whether he would recommend it to, to anybody else. Well, he answered. And if you go to the Kennedy Library, you can see him on tape with this fantastic smile and accent. He said, it's a very difficult job. I have to work from daylight to sunset. I have a very aching back. He goes through this whole litany of problems associated with the job. At the end, he says with a smile, and no, I don't recommend it for anyone else. (laughs) Okay. A great way to end. Thank you very much, Larry. This is, I think, I hope will be very useful to people and help move the needle on reforming Social Security. Thank you. Thank you. 